Well, good morning, Front Range Alliance. Uh, really, really good to be in this room today. Uh, I've been looking forward to this Sunday for quite a while. It's been on the calendar, and I was eager for it to get here. And uh, just a joy to be able to come to worship Jesus together with you, to just see the, uh, the engagement of what seem to be friends with one another in this place. And to have opportunity to open the word together uh, is just a privilege. And as uh, maybe unhealthy as this might sound, I actually enjoyed sitting in the, the business meeting uh, this morning. Uh, riveting times. Uh, the reality is those kinds of times are often just a celebration of the faithfulness of Jesus, right? Even as you have to get into numbers and budgets and line items and who's going to get selected for what position next, uh, often if you pay attention, you can just see the faithfulness of the king, even in the midst of all of that. Uh, so a joy to be able to be here. I, uh, I am four months into this newfound role of being whatever a district superintendent is supposed to be. Uh, I have been to orientation. They affectionately call that uh, tidal wave and then hand you this giant binder and you actually walk away from orientation saying, I think I have less of a clue now uh, than when I walked in the room. Uh, but I've been in this district office or the, the Mid-America District family for about 24 years now. And so floating around for a bit, been in the district office for the last eight and a half years. And in the midst of that, uh, certainly have had opportunity to watch the, the story of Front Range Alliance Church. I have to guard against the jealousy in my heart of being a guy who pastored in Iowa for 15 years, now lives in Nebraska for the last eight and a half. It's just not the same as the Front Range. And when you guys talk about the beauty of creation, I just want you to remember there are other places where it just comes out a little harder. Uh, so grateful for any chance I get to be out here and see the mountains. But I've been watching this story of Front Range. And certainly I've been watching the journey over these last couple of years. And I know it's not what you all uh, signed up for. Certainly wasn't what you wanted and yet here we are, uh, somewhat on the other side of some things. And I stand in front of you today with a heart of hopefulness. I think it's a genuine, it's not a, it's not a wishful thinking kind of hopefulness. It's a genuine sense of, huh, I wonder what Jesus is going to do next. Because he's taken these folks on quite the journey. And the path has not always been super straight. And I know there are times where even from a district office in Omaha, Nebraska, I don't know if I can just say this, I don't know if we've, if we've been all that we needed to be uh, for Front Range Alliance Church over these last years. And I'll just say that. Glad to talk that through down the road if helpful. <laughs> but I stand in front of you today hopeful, uh, eager to see what it is that Jesus has in store, not only for Front Range Alliance, but for this part of Colorado Springs and for the broader city and the broader area around you and 
ultimately to the ends of the earth. I hear we're talking about Moldova. <laughs> it's one of the first places I got to go when I left the country. So whenever you all do this Moldova thing, somebody call me because I want to go with you. Uh, not sure you'd think that's a good idea, but I do. <laughs> but I'm just excited to see what it is the Lord has in store. With that, it's a bit of an unknown at this point, right? And so I'm going to walk us into a little bit of a message centered around what I, would, what I would urge you all to consider to be top priorities in these days. Some thoughts that have been sharing around our district family, about 65 churches in a five-state area, Colorado, Iowa, Nebraska, Kansas, and Missouri. There are about 23,000 of us who make up the Alliance churches across those five states. And, and in this role, I've had to wrestle through, it. if I could call 23,000 people to something, what is it that I would call them to? And what I'm finding is that these things we're going to talk through today really speak into the vast majority of life across the board for all of us. It, you may be a longtime Christ follower, been at this for years. I think these may be some helpful reminders today. You may be somebody on the front end of a journey with Jesus, still trying to sort through what this whole thing's all about. I hope this is a bit of an encouragement to you. If you happen to be married, I guarantee this will be helpful. <laughs> About to hit 25 years in May. Got an incredible wife, and uh, she's got a knucklehead of a husband. <laughs> I need to hear this. If you're single, I would suggest this could be helpful for you. If you have kids, don't have kids, wish you had kids, Hopefully you never got to that point where you wish you didn't have kids. I think this could be helpful. Do you want to say this, though, before I jump in? You will walk away from today saying, huh, he didn't really say anything new. Uh, and probably going to say, huh, wasn't real profound. And I want you to know at the outset, those are probably two very true statements. I really, I really just want to know Jesus. I want to chase hard after him. And I want to do whatever he wants done. And then we'll get this job done and we'll go home, right? <laughs> uh, pretty simple guy. Pretty simple message. If you have a Bible with you, John chapter 10. John chapter 10, likely a fairly familiar passage of Scripture to most of us. This is that place where Jesus is painting the picture of being the good shepherd. And he's talking about the relationship as the good shepherd to his sheep. Those of us that have chosen to follow Jesus. If you happen to be in the room yet and you haven't made that decision, well, let me first say really glad you're in this room. Let me also say you can dismiss most of the rest of what I'm going to say and just sort of sort that piece out. It'll be a great day ultimately for all of eternity. <laughs> but this is the picture of the good shepherd and his relationship to the sheep. And, and we make our way all the way to verse 27, John chapter 10, verse 27, where I feel like Jesus sort of gives us summary statements. 
embedded in which I find one of the top priorities that I want to be true in my life. And one of the top priorities I would love to call you to, certainly as individual followers of Jesus, but also as Front Range Alliance Church. Top priority for leaders in the local church. John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus is speaking, my sheep, listen to my voice. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. It is an incredible declaration that I hope immediately takes you into a little bit of a self-evaluating posture. Jesus isn't suggesting this as hey, a good idea would be if my sheep would listen to my voice. He says this as a factual statement. Mine, listen to my voice. Also embedded in here is an incredible implication, right? Do you see it? If the sheep are listening to his voice, he must therefore intend to be doing what? Speaking. Here's a question for you. What happens if 23,000 people spread across a district family of churches all made it top priority? We're going to listen to the voice of Jesus. Now let me, let me just acknowledge, I recognize I've got a few of you just a little bit nervous right now. Like, oh, where are we going with this? Because I've been around that guy who's running around the planet always saying, well, God told me. God told me, it, it becomes the ultimate trump card, right? Conversations going on, somebody drops the God told me card. You're like, well, what do we do with that? I recognize that even as I enter into this, it's, it's going to put some of us in a little bit of a position of saying, hmm, I don't, I don't know where this is going. So it forced me quite a while back to have to dig into some original language stuff here. And to recognize that when Jesus is speaking in John 10, 27 of hearing his voice, it is not the graphia voice. It is not the written word of God. It is the, the phonase voice. It is the spoken. It is Jesus speaking. Which again, we're like, whoa, I don't know that I hear audible voices from the Lord. For some, maybe it's even, I don't know if we should even think that's an option to hear audible voices. We already have his word. He's already spoken to us right here. Are we saying there's something else? <laughs> and, and I just want to acknowledge to you, I don't know what to do with all of that. I'm just reading the the verse that says, my sheep, listen to my voice. And what I've realized in my own life is I've spent so many years building a theological construct, watch this, of how God can speak to me. 
rather than spending my time simply being attentive to his voice. In other words, God, here is how this is going to work. If, if you've got something you want to speak into my life, here's, here's how it's going to work. And if it were anything outside of my tightly constructed theological box, then I didn't have room for that. And, and that worked out in life right up until I started to think about things like Balaam's donkey. And they had to come to a point of realizing if God can speak through the mouth of a donkey, I probably should be careful what kind of a box I put him in. And I probably need to pay attention to if, if the good shepherd said right out of the gate, my sheep, listen to my voice. Maybe my job is to pay attention and listen more than explaining to him how this should work. And so that took me on a journey. And that journey has led me into so many places of learning to be quiet before the Lord. It says, Jesus, I need, I need to hear the voice of my shepherd. I don't know if you know this, but there's a little spot on a rock up in Rocky Mountain National Park. The air is super thin. It's like the, the space between you and the throne room is just smaller. It's my spot. $7 fake leather journal I bought in Loveland at Walmart. Go up in there, I find my spot, and I just sit there. Lord, I just need to hear from you. Makes me nervous. Makes some of us nervous. What do you mean we're going to just go hear from the Lord? <laughs> I, I thought we already have it. Let me suggest this to you. I think God with incredible graciousness, wrote down the vast majority of what he wants to say to his people and said, here, it's a gift. You can carry it with you everywhere you go. You can read it anytime you want. If you ever want to hear from the Lord, any moment of any day you have access to hear from the God of the universe. But there also seem to be times where we have questions in life that, that we can't find the answer to on the pages of Scripture. Lord Jesus, I would really love to marry that girl right there. Her name's Jamie. And that seems like a great idea to me. <laughs> I had to listen. Jesus, I need to hear from you. Because I've had some other great ideas and I don't think they were from you. <laughs> and so I can remember distinctly laying in bed one night. You know, it's a little weird to you, but I, that was back when I was a sophomore in high school. Lord, is this the girl I'm supposed to pursue? Moving to Omaha. I didn't want to do that. Be in the DS. That, like, I loved what I was doing. I think there are times where we've got to step back and say, Lord, I've got I to hear from you.
And there are things that he would love to speak into our lives. And, and somehow in John 10, 27, he seems to declare himself as a speaking shepherd. And so I'm urging people, I would urge you as Front Range Alliance Church to be a people who step away from the noise of life and the chaos that swirls in our minds and to just listen. Jesus, what do I need to hear from you? You're at a decision-making moment. You can turn to the left or you can turn to the right. Jesus, I need to hear from you. You're at a point as a church where you're about to select or you're looking to select a, a new pastor. Jesus, we need to hear from you. And I want to suggest to you, as the, as the Old Testament Proverbs say, there is wisdom in the counsel of many but if you need reminded of this, what you and I are a part of as the church of Jesus Christ is so far beyond this world. We have been invited into a thing that is extraterrestrial. The mission of God is so far beyond the things of this world that there is not human wisdom that has the answers for how we are to go about this. That's why, why I think Jesus says, hey, look, I still want to speak to you. I'm going to do a lot of it right here. I'm going to do some of it right here. <laughs> I'm going to do some of it when you're gathered in your living room with a group of Christ followers. I'm going to do some of it out in the Rocky Mountains. Y'all are just a lot closer than the rest of us. I'm going to do some of it when you're flying down the interstate frustrated about traffic. I want to urge you to be a people who allow God to speak to you however he wants to and make it be your priority to be listening for his voice. Now look at the verse, he goes on. John 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Uh, let me just take you into the warped world of how I read the Bible sometimes. I can do mental gymnastics with scripture. I would in my brain hear John 10, 27 this way. My sheep know my voice, listen to my voice. They know me and they follow me. Just sort of a self-centered, all of it from my perspective. I listen to him, I know him, I follow him. It's not what Jesus says. It's a fascinating little shift. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. What's Jesus doing? I think right out of the gate, he is addressing the number one response of the flesh almost every time we feel like we're hearing from the Lord. The moment Jesus begins to impress something into our souls, there's usually this fleshly thing that rises up. The insecurity, the feelings of inadequacy, the overwhelmed nature of life. And, and we start to respond to whatever it is Jesus is saying to us with, uh, oh Lord, I don't think that's going to work. I don't. I don't think you understand what I've got going on in life these days. I don't know if you realize what my schedule looks like. Jesus, I don't 
I don't think you realize how unskilled I really am. Jesus, I don't, I don't think you understand the financial world we're living in. Right? All of that, is, it's the Moses stuff. <laughs> you want me to do what? And I think Jesus, again, right out of the gate is saying, oh, and by the way, when, my, when I speak to my sheep, I know exactly who I'm talking to. Front Range Alliance Church, when the shepherd speaks into you as a corporate body, as a family, he knows exactly who he's talking to. He doesn't see you as the next church family up the road. He doesn't see you as the church family that maybe once was 20 years ago. He doesn't even see you today as the church family that will be 20 years from now. He looks at you right where you're at and says, I know exactly who I'm talking to. And for me, that just affirms the, the hunger in my heart to hear his voice. What if... What if we walked through life knowing that our ear had been attentive to the king and, and we knew what it is he was calling us to? Priority number one, listening for the voice of the shepherd. Priority number two, what if then all of us in this church family, 23,000 of us in a broader district family, what if all of us obediently walked in deep dependence upon the Holy Spirit into whatever it is he asked of us? We obediently walked in deep dependence upon the Holy Spirit into whatever it is he asked of us. We, we heard from the shepherd and we just went and did it independency upon his spirits. Recognizing this, that, that when Jesus calls his people to things, it's usually things that are bigger than what we're going to be able to handle on our own. Like I've never had the Lord impress on my heart to run by the grocery store and grab a gallon of milk on the way home. Like I, I pretty much got that one, at least most days. Usually what the Lord calls us into is going to require something more than what you and I can handle. And so the invitation is not a, an obedience out of just roll up our sleeves and work that much harder. It's an obedience in deep dependency upon the Holy Spirit. For me, it comes out of Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, if you want to turn there just for a moment. Galatians chapter 5. This is where the Apostle Paul is painting the, the picture of the difference between life in the flesh as compared to life in the spirits. You, you do life in the flesh and here's where that's going to take you. You do life in the spirit and here's where that's going to take you. Galatians chapter 5 verse 25 sort of becomes his summary statement in the midst of it all. And I don't know if it's safe to say this or not, but as I read Galatians chapter 5, I think the Apostle Paul gets a little chippy when he gets to verse 25. Here's what he says. Since we live by the Spirit, 
Let's keep in step with the Spirit. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I, I can sort of flash back to a mother sort of grabbing the collar of the shirt of her son saying, Son, I raised you better than that. <laughs> live like it. Right? It's, it's Paul saying to the people of God, you have committed your lives to Jesus and therefore his spirit dwells in you. The spirit of the living God dwells in you. Live like it. Keep in step with him. He, he didn't come into you, find a chair in the back and go mute and quiet. No, Jesus said, I'm going to give you my spirit who's then going to show you the way through the rest of life. Paul's just saying, live like it. Live like the spirit of the living God dwells in you. Keep in step with him. For me, that idea combined with Jesus speaking in John chapter 10 paints this picture of the shepherd didn't just shepherd for a bit and then go on the wall as the white robe, blue sash, holding the little lamb guy who's now done shepherding and left the rest of it for us to figure out. No, his intention was actually that, and I will be with you even until the end of the age. My spirit's dwelling in you. My word being given to you. My voice being spoken into your life. I think it's Paul just saying, so let's live like it. Just keep in step. Guaranteeing you this. What the king of the universe calls you into is going to be bigger than what you can handle. You sit amongst tens of thousands of people that have no idea who Jesus is within a few miles of this building. I've, I've been in pastoral ministry pushing 25 years now. I can't stand here today and tell you the greatest way to go reach those tens of thousands of people. I don't know. But I know somebody who does know. <laughs> And you seeking to reach tens of thousands of people is a far bigger thing than what you can handle. You're contemplating middle spaces. You're contemplating ways to go about that. It's beautiful. In the midst of it, you've got to stop and just hear from the Lord Jesus. What do we need to hear from you that we might enter into what you've called us to in the most effective way possible? Scared out of our minds, maybe of how to go about this, but dead set on obediently walking in deep dependence upon your spirits. It's an incredible gift, right? We can hear his voice, and we can do life with his spirit in, in obedience. I have five kids. My oldest is a sophomore in college. My youngest is in fifth grade. Fifth grade, seventh grade, sophomore in high school, senior in high school, sophomore in college. We, we sort of covered the whole thing, right? Four of them are girls. 
I got the most precious family in the world and my son smack right in the middle of all of it. My best friends on the planet as a 16-year-old kid. (laughs) Over the course of our years as parents, we have noticed this, that all five of our kids at one point or another has exercised what I have now come to consider a fairly supernatural ability. Sort of goes like this. My entire family at times can be sitting in the living room together. And as the father, I can say something like, you all need to go clean your bedrooms. And there are times where all five of my children can just sit there like I never said a word. May I never hear the Lord's voice and just sit there like I never heard a thing. It's not enough to hear him. It's not enough to hear him. We are called to obediently walk in deep dependence upon his spirit into whatever it is he's asking of us. Takes me to the third priority. Of all of the things that I think the Lord is going to call his people to, one of them has already been spoken clearly time and time again and ought to be at the top of our lists. We already know as the people of God that we are to be about intentionally, if I can say it this way, and even aggressively advancing God's kingdom. Of all the other things we might be asked to give ourselves to, we already know this. We are called to intentionally and even aggressively advance God's kingdom. We ought to wake up in the morning, not with some sort of haphazard, Lord, if you like dropped an opportunity out of the sky, I'll try my best to respond. (laughs) But we ought to wake up in the morning with this, like, I'm getting out of bed for the purpose of going and advancing God's kingdom today. I may happen to do it in the realm of a seventh grade algebra teacher, or a doctor in the hospital, or a truck driver, or just taking walks with the dog through the neighborhood. But I'm getting out of bed this day with the primary objective to find ways to intentionally advance God's kingdom. Not with a a passive like, we'll see, but with this aggressive, this is what I have to be about. Personally, I'm convinced we only draw breath because the work isn't yet done. Matthew 24, 14. We get this thing done, we get to go home. (laughs) I hunger for that. I ought to wake up in the morning, whatever it is we're going to enter into, asking the question, how do I advance his kingdom today? How do I point people to Jesus today? Your flesh, if it's like mine, often thinks first about my own kingdom. 
whether that is my household kingdom or that's my work world kingdom or that's my ministry kingdom. If you're not careful as a church, we can make it be about building the frack kingdom. We can make it be about the name of Front Range Alliance Church being the name of renown. If you, if you read the book, you're probably going to find there's a, there's a different name. Right? <laughs> there's a different renown. There's a different king. And, and we are to be about advancing his kingdom. And it ought, to, it ought to just burn in our hearts wherever I go, whatever I do. How do I intentionally and even aggressively seek to advance God's kingdom? One last thought to that. I should have told you this third one's a mouthful. We're listening for the voice of the Lord. We're obediently walking in deep dependence upon his spirit. We're intentionally and aggressively seeking to advance God's kingdom. If I can, if I can add a piece to it. In what I would call all four Acts 1-8 environments. Again, a mouthful. Seeking to advance God's kingdom in all four Acts 1-8 environments. Here's the picture. It may be helpful. If it's not helpful, set it aside. Jesus, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. In other words, when we are doing life in step with the Spirit, we are empowered and the next natural thing that happens, not because I went and figured out how to be an evangelistic guru, that's great, but the next natural thing that happens is you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And, and I'll set this out there for you to chew on. Take it if it's helpful. Some have used Acts 1-8 as a sort of a framework to think about where the Lord would have you to engage when it comes to advancing his kingdom. That you're not necessarily looking at this sort of pool of billions of people saying, well, I'll find somebody but you're prayerfully asking the question, what do you want us as Front Range Alliance Church to take ownership for? I would be careful with words like Colorado Springs. It may be the Lord says, Frack, I want you taking the west side. Okay, great, that's our Jerusalem. Now we start to pray into, Lord, how do we best get the gospel into every home every heart around the west side of Colorado Springs. It may be more this particular neighborhood, this area. But you begin to pray into what's our Jerusalem, our city that we are right in. Judea, in Acts 1-8, that was the wider region with folks who are similar to us. Jesus, how do we then spur on other things around us? How do we help see your kingdom advance in other ways around us? You have already sent out a whole pile of people to plant rooted church on the east side. It's beautiful. I've been in that story. I recognize the whole thing's been in the middle of the rest of the journey. I get the, the, a lot of dynamics there. But the Lord may say, I want you to go do that again. Whoa, 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 we don't have what that takes. <laughs> no, no, remember, when he speaks to you, he knows exactly who he's talking to. We just, what's our Judea? Samaria. 
the region around you with those that are not like you. Often one of the most challenging ones. What do you do about that? One of the newest Alliance Church plants in our district is down in Fountain, just southeast of the city. Fuente de Vida. Omar and Angie Ocasio, young Spanish-speaking family that moved from Colorado Springs down into Fountain. After they had done their homework, they realized there is nobody down here that's targeting the Spanish-speaking population. So they packed it all up. They went down there, and they are going to start Fountain of Life Church, seeking to reach into the Spanish-speaking people. My guess is, for many of us in the room, that would be a different people. What if the Lord said to Frack, hey, come alongside them? I don't know if that's what he has for you. If it is, I can help. Uh, glad to make those connections. Give me a call. And then you all have done a beautiful job of ends of the earth stuff for decades. I've watched the story. I've seen the reports. I've been around some of the workers you support. I love to hear this story right here to, for the Guptas. Uh, Asking the Lord, inviting the Lord, where do you want us to take ownership? Begins to narrow how do we play into intentionally seeking to advance the kingdom of God. I start to dream about that for Front Range Alliance. We know what the Lord is asking of us. Questions like who is supposed to serve here next in the pastoral capacity? How does that then engage with the rest of the leadership? What are the next ministry efforts that need to get built, rebuilt, started, stopped, whatever it is? Those are things that I would want to sit before the king on. Jesus, we've talked a lot. We've discerned a lot. We've studied a lot. I want to hear your voice in the midst of all this. Obediently walk in deep dependence upon his spirit into whatever it is. And then we get to be about intentionally and aggressively advancing the greatest kingdom you could ever imagine. The only one that's going to last. And for some crazy reason, the king invited you and I to be players in that thing. How fun is that? May we wake up in the morning and say, let's, let's get after that right there. Lord Jesus, I, I thank you for the picture you gave us in John chapter 10. I'm grateful for this, this covering, this shepherding, this lordship, this protection, this provision, this guidance that, that you provide for us as your people. And, and Jesus, I stand in awe of the fact that you still care to speak even to somebody like me. Lord, we are not interested in some sort of crazy talk. We're not interested in becoming that guy, that gal. But I know I, I stand here in a room filled with people who long to hear your voice. We want to know what it is that our shepherd has to say to us. I thank you for the writing I hold in my hands. I thank you for your spirits. I thank you for the collection of your people, the church, that we're able to confirm things as we feel like we hear your voice. And Jesus, we just would say today, we want to listen. 
I pray you would give this church family then courage to obediently walk into all that you call them to. To take steps even when those steps seem really, really daunting. May they know the indwelling presence of your spirit as, as individuals and as a corporate body. And I pray the Front Range Alliance Church would be used of the King, you, Jesus, to advance your kingdom. That this city, this side of this city, this very neighborhood, all the way to the, to the farthest reaches of the worlds, would have repeated opportunity to hear your gospel, to make a decision to follow you, to be discipled in their journey. Would you, would you bless my brothers and sisters with the fullness of your dreams for this church family? I pray all this, Jesus, in your name.